With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting live in the Mappable USA studios. And today, folks, we're going to talk a little bit about crowdfunding. And, you know, before the podcast, I put in crowdfunding in Google, and I got over 39 million responses back. And it uh, makes, makes me think that crowdfunding is pretty popular. Everybody wants to do it. So should everyone do it? We're going to talk about that today. Before we do that, let's introduce Vicki Hachmala from the World Token Market. Vicki, how are you today? I'm I'm just great today, Ron. Fabulous day in Vegas, as it always is, and I'm kind of excited because we're we're going to start um, a series of podcasts that take people from starting getting that idea for their business and taking it forward. And we're going to start with crowdfunding and whether or not it's a good fit for you. And we have an excellent guest to do that. Well, not only excellent, but I got to say, all the people that we've met uh, in this industry, uh, marketers in particular, uh, this guy is just one of the best. So let's introduce uh, Manoj Grover. Manoj, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you, Ron. Thank you, Vicky, for having me on. And I do appreciate the uh, the commentary there. I don't think I'm the best, but I do appreciate the, the respect <laughs> you're providing. Thank you so much. Well, to one us, of my, Manoj, one of my friends, yes. One of my friends has a coffee mug. It says, world's best father, second place. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give you the second a place on that, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and, and anybody who's listening knows that we've had Manoj on, the, on the, the podcast a couple of times. But in case they didn't listen to that podcast, Manoj, maybe you give us a quick background on yourself. Oh, of course. Um, so currently, I have my own consulting business. It's called AIM Growth Consulting. And basically, I help companies build out strategies for uh, retail investor acquisition. Um, could be from figuring out, like sourcing different partners to build out in a crowdfunding plan uh, from looking at broker dealers to the transfer agents, what type of technology you'd be using, uh, mapping out uh, your outreach strategy, and as well as uh, basically helping and source and building those contacts and working on it myself. Um, in the past, I've been in the space for about five years. Um, started off working at a, a startup in Canada. I'm based out of Toronto currently, um, which was trying to build out the uh, crowdfunding infrastructure with uh, broker dealers out of Canada for the Canadian market. Um, from there, worked as a, with a lot of many different startups, and in the last uh, two three years, have been focusing more on investor acquisition. 
Excellent. Well, uh, that sounds good. I know you're keeping really, really busy, and, and uh, you, you've done a phenomenal job already about this. But, you know, like I started at the top of the, of the podcast, uh, you know, crowdfunding is a big buzzword these days. A lot of people are talking about it, uh, but it may not be for, for everybody. And, um, you know, we, we see a lot of that ourselves. And uh, you know what I like to do, Manoj? I'm going to start a sentence, okay? And then I'd like you to finish it, okay? So um, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Crowdfunding may not be for you if... What do you think? You don't have a plan. <laughs> That's a simple answer, right? I love it. <laughs> Straight into the point, Manoj. Yeah. So, so really, and absolutely correct. And I, and I take that very seriously. That's really, I'm really serious on that. I know it's a short, short statement. I think you're expecting me to have a, like a, a, a monologue going on to take up airspace. But in reality, <laughs> it is that, that simple. And because... It sounds sexy. Oh, you you do some marketing. People get to know your brand. If you build it, they will come. Actually, if you build it, they won't come. That's what right. What people don't realize is uh, what crowdfunding essentially is, and I'm talking about the capital raising side. So crowdfunding has many forms. There's the uh, MVP product style that what the Indiegogo and Kickstarter are, where you can actually push out a, a product in its early phases, see if there's an appetite for it, and get uh, early adopters. Then you have uh, charitable uh, crowdfunding, like where you have GoFundMe campaigns where you're helping out in a social cause, which is, and which are very, and if depending on the cause and the emotional attachment, we're very, very successful. Um, I focus on equity crowdfunding, essentially, which is the raising of capital by, by the sales of securities of a company. So, and then therefore, the real definition of what equity crowdfunding is, is the acquisition of investors through your, to your offering using digital tactics. So, uh, and another way, uh, and another easier way of saying it is like the e-commerce of capital raising, using e-commerce ideology, technology, processing to sell shares or debt of your equity or debt of your company for your company to grow your business. And well, okay. Which makes perfect on, sense. Which makes perfect sense, Manoj. That it, it's not an easy thing. It, you know, nothing is easy, and nothing is an overnight sensation. But you're absolutely correct when you say if you don't have a plan, you can't get full. You can't go forward because you don't know what you want to do. You have to define what it is that you are selling, your product, your service. You have to define what you need to do it. You have to define how are you going to get the capital to be able to do it? How long is it going to take? Who's your end user? And how do I market to them? How do I make it all work? That's what the plan is. And without that plan, without someone like yourself who is able to show a company how to create the plan and how to go forward to get from the idea to the success rate, you might as well just, you know, go do a job and get paid a salary. Vicky, if I may add uh, one thing, and this is, I would say, I had to learn this as well, because in the beginning when I first started working in this space, um, I thought the, the hard work was actually uh, figuring out where the investors are and how do you attract them. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's grown from there because that's what everyone, most people think is. But in reality, you also have to think, uh, like if you're turning around to go to A to Z, like what is going to happen, then what? Let's say you get the investors. 
then what? what how are you going to operate? Uh, exactly. How are you going to continue being compliant per SEC rules if, you, if you're using the Reg A or Reg CF uh, exemptions to raise capital? And then furthermore, what's the exit strategy for yourself and for that investor? And the reason why it's important to think about what you're going to do at the end is that that helps you build a story to attract them in the beginning. Because exactly. everyone thinks they have the greatest things in sliced bread, which you may, but if a person who has this part with their hard-earned on dollars is going to put money into it, they have to understand what is their potential risk, what is their potential return, and when are they going to get that money back. So I've been uh, sort of changing my tune of how I approach clients or how I approach companies and ask these hard questions. And if you cannot answer any of these, then crowdfunding may not be for you. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like I should be uh, just stopping this podcast right now and going to buy a lottery ticket because you guys are anticipating every one of the questions that I'm making notes on right now. So you're answering them all for me before I even ask the question. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, how many people do you see that come to you uh, without a plan and maybe not even think that they need a plan or have a different idea what a plan is. I mean, somebody's plan might be, hey, you know what, I want to go public. I want to take this public eventually. Uh, you know, you got to sit them down and give them the reality check, right? What I'm finding more and more is I'm spending more time, like, essentially, I'm the main salesperson for my organization. Um, and I'm a one-man show, so it's basically me, and then I help on the operations and execution. But I spend more time educating and having conversations with potential uh, clients and and just basically going through the entire ecosystem and, tending to, and understanding how everything's, and trying to explain to them how everything's connected. And usually you have an hour conversation, 55 minutes of it is just giving them the uh, the bare, bare um, brass tacks of how, how it functions and how complicated it is. And most people don't know. So if I may give you an example, I was speaking to a, a technology, a, a consumer technology company the other day, and they have a very cool product. Um, and they wanted to go do crowdfunding because they had in the right, right space in their mind is that if they're able to get investors who can be also users of the product and service they're providing, then you have like a, a brand ambassador will not only promote the, say, uh, the, the company itself, but sales. And therefore, essentially, you're paying yourself as a, as a shareholder. But in their mind, it was that they'll build a nice site. They believe the product was really cool. And they'll do some marketing and investors will come. But in today's world, as crowdfunding in the United States, specifically under the Regulation A exemption, has become more and more popular, you have... Investors have multiple more options. They can choose from a plethora of crowdfunding platforms like Start Engine or Republic or uh, firms that do, are doing their offerings on their own site. And they're getting constantly bombarded with the next best deal. Um, and if the marketing doesn't work, they're basically burning through all their cash to sustain this big beast of a of a of a uh, capital raise campaign. So, what becomes really more important before you even raise money, you need to have money to raise money. Because yeah, that's right. Crowdfunding specifically is a, is a unique beat. It's un, it's unlike 
going to a VC or a private equity firm. And that's why I stated earlier, you need to have a plan of why you're doing this, what is the purpose, and then after the campaign's over, what are the next steps? And you have to vision all that out or map all that out so that not only are you able to effectively raise capital, but manage all the costs that entail in maintaining such a large shareholder base. And including if you have a go to public strategy, how are you going to leverage this investor base to achieve that? That's exactly right. And, and you know, if I ask myself that question I asked at the top of the podcast, uh, you may not be right for, pot, for crowdfunding if I would have answered it if you think that you can do this whole thing on a shoestring. Because we're seeing a lot of people who think that it's, you know, you, you don't need a whole lot of money to start or, you know, they could do this cheaply. And that's a sure sign of failure for a lot of these guys. And they look back and say, well, you know, why do we fail? Why do we fail? And, uh, you know, how do you answer that? It's like, well, you know, you don't want to insult people or tell them that their idea was, was wrong from the start, but it gets back to what you're saying. That's actually a better answer. If you have a plan to do it, then your plan should also encompass your, your, your budget as well and make sure you have enough money to make this thing go from start to finish. Right? That's, really, that's really the point of it, I would imagine. Right? Like, in, like in a business, one needs to learn how to pivot. And exactly. if you can if you can consider crowdfunding as a entity in itself, it's it's a business in itself. Raising capital is a business. Like that's what CFOs and many companies do. They don't just don't do the count the beans uh, in the operation itself. They manage that, but they're very most of their roles about raising capital. So it's an it's an operations on its own. And as a result, uh, like Ron, you were stating, many people do fail, but I don't think they fail because they're just on a shoestring budget. I think large parts of the failure is that they're unable to get feedback from a large enough audience and then leverage that feedback they, that they get. And here I'll explain what I mean. Um, what I've experienced in the past is you have come, people, like you said, that believe they have a great product and they rightfully should and they believe they do. And I would agree with them, except that there's always a, when everybody believes that what they're doing is great, and if they present to somebody else, they assume the other person will think it's great as well. But there's always a gap from where you are to where you're ending and what, how, they, how the audience is perceiving that message. And the essence of marketing is not just pushing out a message, but also taking back data and saying, okay, is this working? And testing back and forth. And part of the failure is in the planning is that how are you going to beta test your messaging and your audience so that you know you're saying the right things to the right people so that they'll be interested in your offering. Many people who make video games or any type of software, they do QA, quality assurance. Um, they actually test the software so it actually works and then try to make it as robust as possible before they go to, go to market. Use, uh, people, companies need to do essentially the same thing when they're crowdfunding that they have to test is their messaging right. Is there an audience for their, that's interested in their brand? Is it the right time? And based on the information they get back, it's going to basically be three types of, I think, responses. A, it's awesome. Everybody loves it. Go full force. Uh, full force. B, you know what? It's mixed results, a little uh, lukewarm. Okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's uh, rebrand or re let's pivot a bit and relaunch to get more data, see if we got it right this time. Or thirdly, there is no appetite. It's uh, complete, not a market fit. Let's stop now, cut our losses, and walk away. And it right, could be that. Right. And, it, it and, and that yeah. takes a lot of 
a lot of courage for somebody to be able to hear that maybe it, you know, you need to do something different, but that courage is what leads you into success because you, like you said, you're, you're able to adapt, you're able to pivot, and you're able to take the original idea, make it a better idea so that it actually works instead of, you know, being offended that nobody likes what you wanted to do. And then, you know, now you can't do anything because nobody wants it. If I can give a good example, I think we could use Jeff Bezos and the whole Amazon experience because I was reading up and watching some uh, videos about his journey. He started off trying to build a platform to sell books online. Right. And now he has one of the largest cloud computing platforms in the world. AWS is one of the leaders competing against Google and Microsoft, as well as now he's building a spaceship going to space. <laughs> Who would have thunk it 20 years ago? Well, not right? him, so, for sure. No, exactly. So the point of all this is that just because you start off with an idea now and you're doing what you need to do now to succeed doesn't mean it's gonna, you're going to be remaining doing that. You'll pivot. You'll change. And it happens the same thing in a, in a crowdfunding campaign, even though it's a much shorter period. You start off with an idea and a messaging that you think will work. And then as you get feedback from the market, you get data and you refine. And hopefully it works. And it's kind of it's kind of the um, I don't know it's it's the little I, I I can't think of the word but it's it's like the great thing about crowdfunding actually is that you get to test to see if there actually are investors that get that emotional connection to give you the money to go forward before you build up your company and then find out that, oh, well, you know, you got a loan here from the bank or you got an SBA loan and you went forward and then you found out, oh, well, it's not working. Now you've wasted money, you've wasted time, and you still have to pivot. True, but that's the risk of doing business, right? So that's too bad. And, and I think one other advantage, because it's digital, primarily like if with the rules in the United States, the most effective way of reaching out to a larger audience is using uh, digital marketing and any online uh, platform. And the advantage with doing that is you get the data right away really, really fast. So if something's not working, you will find out really quickly. So at least this exactly. way you're not burning through cash. Right, exactly. right. So let's let's take another uh, real-world uh, scenario here, Manoush. Let's say somebody comes to you, and uh, you know the first question you ask them is, uh, you know, they're thinking about crowdfunding, their Regulation A or Reg CF or whatever it is. And they say to you, uh, okay, here's my plan. You have a plan? You have a plan. Here it is. And you read it, and you find it, let's say, you know, lacking, okay? Um, what, do you, what do you do to that guy? What do you say to that client? Well, it, let me let – me, uh, well, actually, I'm actually thinking about it so that I can give you a proper answer because every case <laughs> is different. But if I can say the most common – things that they lack is either they don't have uh, their pre-revenue, so there's no money in the company. So that's a big uh, like warning sign. It's like, okay, how are you going to finance this? Are you like borrowing from, are you getting money out of your mortgage to do this? And that's your, all the money you have. So that's a huge risk. So for, even for us, or when I work on files, you have to be careful because if, it, if it's not a right fit, you have to tell that client right or prospect that it's not a right fit. Um, and then at least you're not risking all their money. Um, B, is there an actual operation? 
Um, and if there's not, I, I would recommend them like to think out, okay, why would somebody invest in you? A, you don't actually have an actual business running, even though you have a great idea. How can you provide that confidence to somebody that you don't know and have never met that you can execute? Yes. Like, I, yes. And then from there, yes. if you do have okay. operations and it's not making money, so how can you execute to your business plan to actually generate revenue? Because there are many options to invest here. I can go put my money in a GIC and I'm guaranteed interest. I can go put it into a mutual fund and take a bit more risk or buy stocks in the, in the small cap stocks on the, on the market. But if I'm putting my money into your business, which is a private or entity, and if you cannot give me the confidence that either you'll execute on your plan or you're going to make me money, then what are you doing? Because that's the essence of, apart from raising money for your business, you're asking somebody to buy into you and trust you. So how are you going to convey that trust? Right. And I was trying to piggyback on what Vicky was saying before about, uh, you know, if a, if a CEO or a business owner uh, doesn't have the, the courage or the strength or whatever it is that to hear an opinion other than themselves, maybe hard headed or whatever, stubborn, then perhaps crowdfunding isn't right for that guy either. Then I mean, he should be able to, to, to go to you and hear you, hear what you say and take what you say seriously and, and, and act upon that either yes or no. But if they're just going to, just discount what you say from the start because they're always right, then they probably shouldn't be in crowdfunding, right? At the end of the day, I think the best leaders are those who have advisors around them who tell the truth and give a, and basically are not afraid to uh, afraid to say uh, what's the, what's happening in reality rather than just ask kissing and. Right. I I spend more time talking to people, understanding who they are, what they're trying to do, and you get a real quick feel if uh, if there's a fit or not. And unfortunately, the crowdfunding industry right now is very very young. Uh, there are a lot of new players coming in, and people want money, and it's very lucrative. It's a very lucrative business. Lawyers make good money. Marketing agencies make a, a nice margin. In the play, there's, you're dealing in a lot of transactions, so everybody makes money. And if there is a, and they all take their advanced deposits, so nobody's at risk except for the entity themselves, the issuer themselves, the issuing the securities. So unless they have not thought through, talk to enough people out there, get everyone's opinion, and decide, hey, is this the right fit for me? And then even defining why, once I as I stated earlier, why are you actually doing this? Meaning that. If you're not, if you don't have access to private equity, VC, or even friends and family to invest in your, if you can't get other people to invest in your story that you know personally, why would somebody who do, you don't know invest in your story? Right, and and plus you have to be aware too that, um, as in anything, there's there's going to be bad players out there that you know they don't care if you are prepared and they don't care if you know what you're doing and they don't care, but there's money to be made and they're going to make it whether you succeed or not, you know, so you have to be careful of the uh, companies that want to help you, but have no integrity. There, that's a big risk, Vicky. You're hundred percent right there. And it's, um, if you're, if you can research good players, companies with good reputation and be able to leverage them to refer you other players. I think that's the best way of uh, building up a nice network of people who can likely more honorable and will help you and tell you when it's not a fit. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. and you know what else is interesting too? Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, somebody might say, "Well, don't do crowdfunding if uh, you don't know the the right people in the business, or if you don't have access to a good lawyer, or a securities lawyer, or an auditor, or a broker dealer, or whatever it is you need." And uh, and at this point, that's really not even an excuse anymore because you have a podcast like ours, people like yourself, Manoj, other people that you can contact with, uh, you know, and get in touch with these guys who could do it for you. So the the, the lack of um, resources really at this point isn't even a, a reason why you shouldn't do crowdfunding, I think. You're 100% well, exactly. right. Like, your, your podcast, like, I've, we've known each other or we've, uh, for at least almost mm-hmm. since 2019, so at least three, almost three years now, and you've been consistent in getting the word out. So I guarantee, and I, we see it in the market now, how more and more people are raising capital using crowdfunding. So yes, definitely the market's growing. There are more players in there. There's those with great reputation that have helped execute. So it is easier to find the right people to help you in your campaign. Uh, but going back to what we started the conversation with, it's I don't think anymore it's about the people you need to work with. I think say for each business owner, they need to understand, is this the right fit? And for me, what, what I see deals that work and that don't work, the ones that don't work are because A, they don't have an operating business yet. They have not validated that there's a market for it. They're not generating revenue. Um, and even on the, let's say even if they are for those three things, they don't have a following or anybody or any vested interest online that would be able to help them promote in the beginning. Because if, if you're spending on a media campaign, let's say hypothetically companies raising 20 million bucks and you want to have, you have a media budget and let's for hypothetically, let's say your cost of investor acquisition is 10 cents on the dollar, meaning that over a lifetime of a campaign, you want to budget $2 million as a marketing investment with the agencies online or other sources to get the awareness to get you to potentially raising 20 million. I'm just using these numbers as an example. If you have no following and no uh, like existing business where there's no stakeholders that are interested in it, you're starting from zero. You're starting in a car with no gas. So therefore getting that gas is going to be expensive. And then you're going to be burning through that gas to get to an area where there are a lot of people. So basically building your corporate brand and getting people to trust you online that they will not even look at the opportunity, not invest. I'm not even talking about going to the platform, whichever you sign up the paperwork and wire in your send in your money. Is that even to sniff and say, wow, okay, this is something I'm interested in. That takes time and that takes a lot of money because you're just building up brand awareness. Whereas if you have a business where you have clients, you have business partners, you have validated your product offering, you know there's a, a product market fit, you've done some research to see that there's an appetite in the investment market, in, in the retail market to be actually willing to invest in this. And when you start your campaign, you leverage those resources before even spending a dollar on marketing to bring the initial dollars in to the coffers and your, into your till. That there validates that there's a product market fit and also brings you the first initial capital that you can potentially reinvest into marketing and leverage off that. So more or less, that is where most of my conversations start and end with many of the companies that I speak with, because if they're missing some of these components, it is a struggle because many companies we talk to do not have the budget to do a large media spend. 
Huge point. Yeah, that's that's hitting the nail on the head right there. And you know, you talk about the customers being evangelists of the product. That is basically the beauty of Regulation A and Regulation CF. I right? isn't that the, the the reason why it's there? Well, it is. But once again, I said earlier in our in, in this conversation, you're competing with many other companies, so it's no longer there's a lot of competition out there. There's, it's like having a cat who sees a light. You see one light one way, and then the light goes the other way. It'll distract from his attention. We're like that. We're a TikTok world now. You have 15 seconds to get impressed, and if it's not an impulsive reaction, you'll not be interested. So as a result, because you're competing with so many other opportunities, and once again online, I'm competing against a company selling me a product. So if I find something like a, a type of like, Actually, this is something I'm actually looking for. I saw online a Optimus Prime transformer that transforms itself. <laughs> Cost six hundred bucks. Wow. No, I know I'm geeking myself out. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. So, and I grew up watching uh, Saturday morning cartoons and Transformers. I'm looking for that toy. It's, it's ridiculously expensive, but now, now if you think about it, if that's what my passion is. And then somebody's uh, in an advertisement for a uh, an offering for somebody's Reg A pops up. I and then this toy pops up on my screen at the same time. What is my choice going to be? I'm definitely going to exactly. buy the toy, and then that individual is not going to get the, the investment in their deal. So they're mm -hmm. not only include, uh, competing against other deals; they're competing against everything online. Right, and you're so you're so correct, Manoush, that everybody wants that instant gratification, and they don't have time to research or to do anything. You got to grab them, and you have to connect that with with an emotional connection to get them to even look at what it is that that you that you're offering, regardless of whether or not they're going to invest. Because if if you haven't grabbed them to even look at it, then you know they're they're buying Optimus Prime instead. Yeah, exactly. I hope they don't yeah. because I want it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, you know, Manoj, I think uh, if any business owner or an issuer or whatever is listening to this podcast, we might have scared a few people off, telling uh, <laughs> them what they shouldn't do and everything. But for those who can hit all these points that we're talking about in a positive way, then crowdfunding does work. It's very attractive to a lot of people. I'm sure that uh, you yeah. tell your clients that uh, as well. Uh, isn't, isn't that the case? Oh, for sure. Uh, and, when, and once again, it's a, not everybody's fit for crowdfunding, but let me give you an example of what I think would be a great fit. Firstly, you have a, you're a product-based company, or instead you're offering like a product or a service that can be used by an individual directly to the individual it could be a consumer good it could be uh, a surf it could be almost anything that i can as i as an individual can use that is first thing because now there's a way you can get immediate gratification to that individual by actually sending them either a beta version if it's like a software or, or a game or an actual discounted let's say toy if you're making a toy as an example so you have something that's consumer facing uh two as I stated earlier, do you have actually an actual business? It, does it actually exist? Have you uh, actually started through? Is the executive team there experienced enough to execute it? So you, therefore, people can need a lot of things to build trust. And, have, and so to build trust, if you look at, okay, is this company experienced with a team that can execute the plan? 
are they generating revenue? Meaning that is their product market fit so that there's acceptance in the market and they're generating cash flow from it. And then, and then what, like I said, is their consumer fit? Because as Vicky, as you were stating about emotion, most people make an emotional decision in investing. Then they try to use logic to justify it. Exactly. So if you have, so if there's something I can relate with, something I find really cool that I'm, I say, you know what, there's a, a group of like really smart people backing this up. I think they can execute it. I can afford the investment, and it's part of my, I, it's part of my discretionary cash flow that I have, and I'm willing to take that risk. These are the types of things that I look at for a company uh, and say, okay, does it fit? Will it likely be successful? And furthermore, then I think, what is their exit strategy? Meaning that are they looking to be bought out in the next 24 or 36 months? Do they have a go-to-public strategy? And furthermore, if they build up this big database of investors and shareholders, how are they going to leverage that? Meaning that will these shareholders be the consumer? and be the brand ambassadors for their product and service. So therefore, are they going to be able to generate revenue through them and then grow and scale? And then if they're choosing to go public, either through an IPO or an RTO, now backs are available to do a reverse merger. Will they go to do a direct listing? How will they be able to create a liquidity opportunity for that investor so that they have the confidence that, hey, if I invest in this company, I will make money and here's the timeline of where I can make my return. Whereas I have other opportunities I could put money elsewhere. Like you said, buying a lottery ticket, very low risk investment. Yeah, exactly. Very right. high <laughs> well, those are the people that need to talk to you, Manu. So how do they get a hold of you? Phone number, email, website? What? Well, actually, uh, let me give you my phone number, uh, my email. Uh, it's Manuj, M-A-N-U-J, at aimgrow, A-I-M-G-R-O.com. And, or they can call me directly on my cell. Um, it's area code 647-938-9676. Um, my firm's called AIM Growth Consulting. Excellent. You know what? This, this podcast kind of reminds me of a scene in the movie Back to the – not in the Back to the Future. Um, uh, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. You ever see that movie? <laughs> at, the, at, at, at the very end, he's addressing all the people there, and he goes, I bet you you all want to go out in the big world and start you know, getting out on your own. And he goes, don't do it. It's hard out there. <laughs> Stay at home with your parents. <laughs> Sometimes I feel that no, way about yeah, traffic. There's so many Rodney do Dangerfield it. scenes. Actually, to be honest, I haven't seen that movie, I'm just, uh, but I'm trying to remember all the ones I have. But uh, he's right. It is, it is dangerous out there. It's tough out there. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Vicki, what do you think, uh, closing remarks? Well, you know, it is tough out there when, when no matter what it is that you're doing. And one thing about Mappable USA is our guests on our podcast are always of the highest integrity and always people that know what they're talking about and can help our listeners with whatever it is that they're trying to do. Just like Manuj, he's somebody that if if you're interested in crowdfunding, you can contact Manuj with confidence and know that he's going to give you the correct information, maybe not what you want to hear, but it's going to be the real information. And that's what we try so hard to do with our podcast is make sure that our information comes from people who are trustworthy with the highest integrity and um, and certainly that's Manuj that you can trust him for sure. 
And I think that on our next series, uh, podcast number two with Manoj, we should talk about um, tokenizing your company and how you can raise funds that way. That'd be a great idea, actually. In fact, a few companies I've talked, I've connected with, they're looking to create uh, token offerings, and I find that so fascinating. So that'd be a wonderful. Absolutely. Don, and Vicky, Don, thank Don, you so I, much I, for such a kind word. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of and and they and were Manoj, two words, Manoj. They were two yes. words, and 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 I really and I really mean it. Oh, so awesome. thank so you. thank you, Manoj, again for being a guest on the show today. We had a really great time as usual. Great information, and that's a great idea with the tokenization. We're going to do that soon. Uh, Vicky, thanks for co-hosting this episode. It was a lot of fun and really informative. Like I said. And, folks, you're listening to the Mappable USA podcast at mappableusa.com. If you go to that homepage, you scroll down, you'll see all our syndication sources. Just pick the one you like best, subscribe, and you'll never miss another one of our episodes. If you want to be a guest on the show like Manoj was today, there's a guest tab there. Fill that out. We'll see what you can do about getting you on the show. And if you like what you heard today, send us an email at info at mappableusa.com. Or just leave a message or a comment on wherever you're listening to this on right now. So thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. We'll be at you next time with another Mappable USA podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.